a lot of the time we're trying to control our children and have them behave, you know, being our external environment, so that we can feel good. And absolutely the other way around. Feel good first and your external environment will completely change. That's Jackie Hall. I'm your host, Jared Lestrange, and you're listening to episode 38 of The Super Dad Show. Do you sometimes feel like an angry parent who as much as you try to remain calm, find your frustration bubbling to the surface all too quickly, all too often? Maybe you had this idea when you became a parent that you were going to be the king or queen of discipline, that your kids would respectfully obey your desires and learn the lessons you aim to teach with polite gratitude. But the reality is a little bit different. Our children were born with unique personalities every day throw our way a roller coaster of emotions and are on a developmental journey that simply doesn't bend to our will like we sometimes want or need it to. I've been that angry dad who feels so incredibly guilty that I've lost my cool at the smallest of things which in the grand scheme of things really don't matter. I've caused myself more stress as a parent beating myself up for my outbursts than is healthy and all that did was exacerbate the problem, my reactions. Six months ago, I came across a program called the Tame Your Temper Challenge. It was a 28-day audio program that aims to reshape the mindset of parents and find more calm within the chaos. Well, today I'm excited to introduce to our listeners its founder, Jackie Hall. She is a qualified counsellor who has helped over 20,000 mums and dads through her business, the Parental Stress Centre. So without further ado, we welcome to the podcast a fellow recovering cranky pants parent, Jackie Hall. <laughs> hey, Jared, thank you for having me. You're I welcome. love that intro. So many elements of that is so true. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, dear. So, look, I just thought we'd uh, we'd get on. We'd have a nice, raw, vulnerable, honest conversation about the challenges of being a parent in uh, yeah in the day and age where, um, you know, it's, it's easy to be tough on ourselves and... Um, and to allow the um, the judgments and expectations that we put on ourselves and we feel from others to to really affect our emotions and uh, yeah, definitely how confident we feel as parents. So I think a good place for us to start would be to hear a little bit about your own raw, vulnerable story to tame your temper as a mum for yourself. So can you yeah. tell us about the history of your family life and how you became so passionate about helping other mums and dads? Yeah, so about um, 12 years ago now, um, I found myself in a cycle of loving parenthood, hating parenthood. You know, I'd, I'd try to be the best parent I could be. I'd be happy. I'd be upbeat. I'd be doing all the right things. And then something wouldn't go to plan and I'd feel frustrated. I'd feel like I was failing the kids. I would get angry, um, throw things you know, say things that I didn't mean, Mm. um, occasionally smack my children and, and then would come the guilt and the Mm self-criticism. And I just hated the the parent that I'd become. I'd become everything that I swore I would never be. Mm. And one particular, so this went on for about six months at the time. My eldest was 22 months old. My youngest was six months old. And there was one particular day that I call my breakdown to get my breakthrough. And my eldest, um, so nearly two, um, he was outside. I said to my husband, my husband came home. So let me paint you the picture, right? Yeah, let's do it. It's 5 p.m. Do I need to say any (laughs) more? It's 5 p.m. I've got a toddler and a baby. Anyway, so for some reason, we had... um, 
go on grocery shopping. Why you go grocery shopping at 5 p.m. in the afternoon? I don't know. I do it all the time. God, <laughs> what, was, what where, am I thinking? Where was online shopping at that point? I don't know. <laughs> but the, there was, so there was groceries everywhere. The dishes hadn't been done from the morning. You know, di- dinner had to be cooked and I was just really frustrated, flustered, yep. overwhelmed. Yep. I just got so angry. I, you know, threw a loaf of bread across the room and I slammed a knife on the bench so hard that it bounced off and it narrowly missed my then you know, nearly two-year-old in the head. Like it didn't hit him, but it just missed him. And then I ran screaming to my room how much I hated my life or with my six-month-old on my hip. And it was what I call my breakdown to get my breakthrough. Mm. And my husband just came in and just took Ryan from me and just let me sort of have some time to myself. And as I was sitting there in my room, just completely devastated at, at what I'd just done, this voice came into my head that was so dominant. I remember the word so clearly. It said, no one else can change this for you. No one else can change the way you feel about your life. Only you can. Mm -hmm. And as obvious as those words are, they really lodged themselves inside me. And I just sort of went, oh my gosh, that's so true. Mm. Because the kids were going to, you know, have their challenges. They weren't always going to do everything that I wanted to do. It wasn't about them. It was about me that needed to change. So I'd always been a personal development junkie. I'd always, you know, devoured anything, any books or programs like that. I'd studied with, you know, organizations in personal development courses as their facilitators. And um, so I started to apply everything in the context of parenting because I'd never really thought to do that before. Mm. Kids are trying to get it right. Um, so I'd love to tell you all that I never yelled at my children again, but that would be bullshit. (laughs) I hope that's okay to say that (laughs) because I had to literally train myself to think, feel, and act differently. I had to redefine who I had become to someone else. Mm -hmm. And that's where the parental stress center started to take off because I've been doing loads of research and loads of practice and helping other people. I've had tens of thousands of people all over the world now to do the exact same thing that I've done. So I've very much had to walk my own book. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me personally, um, as the leader of this, you know, this movement I call the super dads, um, I have this philosophy. It's not about being perfect. It's about striving to become the best version of ourselves. And we have to have that growth mindset and we have to do that hard work on ourselves. But I find every time my kids act up and I find myself getting frustrated and angry and, and wanting to act out, I really need to stop myself and, and um, I guess change my perception of that event in the first place and come from that place of, um, acting rather than reacting to what's happening around me and and really yeah. sort of um, almost overthink the process of how I'm going to take that next step forward in my yeah. family life. So um, I know that one of the biggest concepts that you talk about is perception versus reality. It's a huge theme of what you yeah. teach parents. Can you explain to Definitely. our listeners your philosophy around this? Okay. So one of the catchphrases you hear me say is that stress is a conflict between belief and reality. Mm. So we develop this picture of how we think things should be, an expectation, an idea of how things are going to unfold. So the kids are going to behave or the kids are going to, like you said at the beginning, all these expectations that you have, mm. that you know they're going to follow your rules and they're going to be in full grade 
gratitude to you, like all this BS that we give ourselves. And often we set this picture up at a time when we had absolutely no idea what parenting was going to be like. <laughs> and then we attach our self-worth to it and think that yeah. life has to be that way mm. for me to be doing a good job. Mm. So we have all these perceptions that we attach our identity to or our self-worth to. Mm. And when life doesn't go to plan, we get in conflict with our new reality and we start to roll around in in what I, I don't know whether I'm allowed to say this, but it's another catchphrase of ours where I say we roll around in our pit of shit. Mm. So <laughs> we roll around in these lenses, these these perceptions of life's going wrong, I'm missing out, I should be doing something different, they should be doing something different and what we think it means about us. Yeah. So we tell ourselves this whole story that's in complete conflict with the reality of what's actually happening. Mm. And when you can actually pull yourself out of that story and accept the reality of what is right in front of you, that in itself can immediately pull you back from those emotions because you you can say things like, hey, you're in conflict with reality. And, you know, and that phrase is something that I use all the time when I catch myself rolling in the mud like that. Yep. You know, it's like, Jack, you're in conflict with reality. It's like, oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. And accepting reality doesn't mean that you won't do anything about it. It just means that I'm accepting that this is what's happening in front of me. So what yep. can I do about it rather than, you know, roll around in the story of how it shouldn't be that way. And that's what's, you know, triggering your emotions yeah. and, um, you know, causing you to react in the ways that you are because of yep. the story, not because of the event. Mm. I understand. And look, I watched a video of yours where you talk about how you explain to your children how they could help you to manage your frustration and anger better. You even explained quite simply to them the concept of perception versus reality, which is something I absolutely love. Yeah. Um, can you tell our listeners about these conversations with them and how they helped you? Yeah. So I remember when my eldest was probably about, must have been four or five years old. I think he was at school, so he must have been four. And um, he... I said to set put him aside. It was totally out of context, which is a really good time to talk to your children about things mm. because you're not in the moment. And I said to him, you know, if mummy gets cranky, sometimes it's not about you. Mm. It's because of how mummy's thinking and how mummy's thinking is causing her to feel okay. the way that she does. You know, it's not because I don't love you and it's not your fault. I said, so, you know, it's not up to you to change mummy's feelings, but if you see mummy getting cranky, you can say to me, hey, mummy, you need to change your thinking. I said, and then I'll remember. <laughs> and, like, it would have been wow. 10 minutes later we were getting in the car and I wasn't even cranky. I was just going, come on, guys, we got to go. Hurry up. And he goes, mummy, you need to change your mind. And it was so cute because he was coming from such a helpful place that yeah. I just had to smile at, you know, how insightful that was. But my kids are very used to me talking about being in conflict with reality. We even had a little plaque that said you're in conflict with reality. So if someone cracked it, they'd get handed the plaque. And (laughs) my youngest was the one that often got it the most and he hated it, (laughs) but they understood it. And as teenagers now, I can even say to them, you know, I'll say, Cody, you're rolling in the mud. You know, you're in conflict with reality and you can keep crapping on about that if you want, but it doesn't change the reality that's in front of you. So you need to accept your reality and decide what you're going to do with it. Stop talking to me about problems. So it kind of, you can and advance it as they get older and simplify it when they're young and advance it when they get older. Mm-hmm. So what are some basic steps we can take as parents to tame our tempers in the moment? Because look, 
I mean, if, if our kids aren't cooperating after asking them again and again to do something, mm-hmm. we're 10 minutes late for school already. What yeah. needs to change? I mean, what's a strategy in the moment that we can use and moving forward the next day to improve the situation? Okay. So first of all, don't try and change you know, something that's happening in that moment when both of you are in emotions of stress. Because when you're feeling stress, you're not even activating the conscious part of the brain where logic, reasoning, rationale, and creativity lie. So the blood mm. is literally not going to that area. You're act- accessing the hind part of the brain and you're in fight or flight mode. Yep. So, and your children's learning centers, they have shut down anyway when they're in react mode. Mm. So nobody's learning anything. And you don't have the creativity resources to be able to change it in that moment. So whenever you're trying to change something, always try to do it out of context first. Try and set up new routines, new have new conversations, have you know work out with them what the problem is, what the solution is. If they're really really young, it'll just be working out you know a new routine and letting them know, making it fun, making it playful, making it visual. Yeah. Um, with older children, you can have those conversations. What's the problem? What do we need to change? How do you think we could do things better so that neither of us are getting into that fighting match? Those, mm. those sorts of things. Mm. Um, but in the actual moment, I want to give you a new technique that I have learned from the HeartMath Institute because I've been doing a lot of research on mm. um, brain and heart science. And it's very, very simple. All you need to do is put your hand on your heart and start focusing in on breathing in through the heart and out through the heart. Because what's happening when you're in emotions of stress is that everything is out of balance, it's out of coherence. Your whole, you know, you're sending chemicals to the body and the, the immune system's being lowered, you know, all of your biological functions are in disorder. And so when you can actually breathe through the heart, so slow it down in for five out for five and you can do this anytime and actually visualize the air going in through the heart and out through the heart. As you slow that breathing down, even if you do it for a minute or two, you start to bring the body and the mind back into coherence. And there's actually more messages that get sent from the heart to the brain than the brain to the heart. So rather than trying to change your thoughts all the time, if you start with changing your heart center, changing your feeling center, it will actually influence your cognition, your perceptions, instead of trying to do the other way around. If you're trying to change your perceptions all of the time, you're, um, you're fighting against all your past memories and your habits of thinking and those neural pathways that have been yep. strengthened over and over again. Mm. So when you are coming from that heart center, it actually calms everything down. It, the, the heart will send messages to other areas of the body to start functioning more, more coherently and the brain and the heart will start talking to each other more coherently. Mm. And when you have calmed all of those systems down, you're then going to have that blood start to activate that conscious part of the brain where you're able to think more clearly. You know, when you're in emotions of stress, people say, I can't think straight. They can't think straight because they're not activating that part of the brain. Mm. But by simply breathing, practicing, do it out of context, do it in context, whatever you can remember, practice breathing in and out through that heart center and you'll start to feel when you're in coherence versus when you're out of coherence. So that's all I would do in that moment because Mm. that's what you're primarily needing to do is bring yourself back into balance because those emotions of stress are stopping you from being rational in those moments. Yep. And then the rationale will come, you know, just to even just to get through that moment without losing it or doing something that's going to trigger the guilt, the anger, the sadness, the self-criticism and the depression and the anxiety and all of that mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to stop all of that. And then later on, you can sit down and go, okay, if this is becoming a repetitive thing, 
what can we do about it? How can we put things into place now? Do I need to discuss something with my child? Do we need to put in new strategies? Then you can look at it more rationally. Yeah. But in that moment, don't try and fix it. Just mm. get through it as best you can and then research how you can fix it later. Yep. That would be yep. my best advice. Mm. No, that's great. That's great. Very practical. And when it comes to our kids and we see the frustration rising up in them and the anger and their acting out towards their sibling and we know we need to step in and we know that we can't get um, drawn into the strength of that emotion. We need to try and um, regulate that emotion and bring it back. What's the conversation that we can have with our kids? Well, I think in the moment, again, it's not about having a conversation with the kids in the moment. It's about being what you want them to do. I've started to say to parents, you write down a list of all the things you want your children to be, do and say, and then become Mm -hmm. it. Because that 95% of what children learn is through modeling. Mm. And so in those moments, if you're in that coherence, if if you're feeling love and gratitude and joy and independent of what's going on in your external world, then you produce a measurable, this is science stuff, not woo-woo, an electromagnetic field around you that can be measured up to three feet in all directions around Mm, you. mm -hmm. So you can influence your children um, just by being in your state of elevated emotion. And that's not to say that you're going to influence them to never feel an emotion again. That's not your job. They're allowed to have emotions. They're learning how to regulate themselves. It's not your job to regulate them. It's their job to learn how to regulate. And they're going to learn a lot of that from you. They're going to learn that through their modeling. So Mm -hmm. I would say the best way to help your children through those emotions is to help yourself to deal with those emotions. And then you will automatically know what to say and how to help them. And you'll automatically be more present with them and allow them to be wherever they're at emotionally because that's them, that is them learning. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to skip to the part where they've already learned it. But how do we learn something? We learn it through trial and error and experience and knowledge. Yep. You know, so we need to, you know, help them by being the change we wish to see in our children. Mm-hmm. And you know what comes up for me is is the parent I used to be before I did all this work on myself, it's still it's still there sometimes, but yeah. as, a, as a majority rule, um, I'm a lot more in control of my emotions, especially when it comes to my 10-year-old who is a very similar personality to me and, and we just push each other's buttons sometimes, you know? Yeah. So I guess for me, what I'm concerned about is that the behaviors that I see in her towards her siblings, that frustration, that anger, it almost seems like an impossible task now to change their behavior, um, her behavior, because she's ingrained in that and she doesn't do that same critical thinking in the moment like I do. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's, well, that's, that's my little change? dilemma. How, how did, did I change? change? Um, as I said, a lot of critical thinking about it and, and learning to calm myself in the moment and not um, not act from a place of reaction when I'm feeling those strength that strength of emotion. Um, yeah. So what stops you from teaching her exactly what you have learned? So I'll give you an example. My yeah. son was starting to get quite exactly. angry when he was playing video games and I was had tossed up between taking it off him completely and teaching him about anger. And one of the conversations I had to him was, you know that I've dealt with my own anger issues before because he loves the knife throwing story. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) And I said to him, you know, 
He said, so I said, so I know how it feels to feel that level of anger that you can't control. And he said, well, what did you do about it? And I said, the first thing I did was took personal responsibility for how I was feeling. No one external can can influence how you feel internally. And I just, I used my own experience to relate to what was going on, used empathy. I get it, you know, it's hard work, you know. It's, it's hard to change that, but you can change it. You have that power. Teach her what you've learned. And show her that you are practicing it all the time yourself and you've had to make different changes because it wasn't serving you. Mm. Show her how it's not serving her to be like that and how it causes her more pain and how there is an alternative. But again, yeah. it's out of context. It's taking her out for a hot chocolate and having a chat for her and saying, you know how yeah. sometimes you get really angry with your your siblings, you know. Mm. I used to feel like that sometimes as a dad. Mm. You know, and I had to, you know, and just share with her, like resonate, talk to her on the same level and go, what mm. do you reckon's going on for you? You know, what do you reckon you could do and in, engage her in the conversation where you're yep. talking about solutions and mm. you know, that sort of thing. So she just needs to learn the same way that you do. It's going to th- mm. be through knowledge, repetition, and consistency. Yep. You know, and if you have these out-of-context conversations where you are helping her, then when you're in the context of the conversations, you're able to then say, you know, remember what we spoke about. So it's not new information for her that she's trying to learn in the moment when her, you know, conscious brain's not activating yep. she's actually had those conversations so it's now a memory that she's drawing mm. in which is easier for her to apply mm. so you know yeah no that's great and you know just last night was a great teachable moment um in in changing behavior because my kids were fighting over the front seat and whose turn it was in the front seat coming home last night and um and then it started to get physical and i um, I said, girls, can you remember the last time I smacked you? And they all went, mm, no. And I said, exactly, because I saw that I needed to change a behavior that was coming up in me and I wasn't happy with who I was when I did that. So I said, we have family values. One of them is kindness. And I said, is it kind towards your sister's to get so frustrated that you act out physically towards them. And they said, no. And I said, that's a behavior that we need to work together as a family to change. So I was, love it. Love yeah, it. I was love proud it. Love of that teachable moment last night. Yeah, it. definitely. Because, you know, sometimes as parents, we just see the crime that the children are doing and we want to punish the crime. But a lot of the time children don't have the resources to do anything different, you know, and, and kids are quite open to understanding new new ways because mm-hmm. it's not feeling good for them. They know yeah. that it feels crappy to be fighting with someone and to be doing that back and forth, you know, criticising yeah. of one another. It's not fun for them. Mm-hmm. But sometimes they don't know what else to do in that moment or how to handle that frustration. So we need to be able to educate them on alternatives and how to, how to resolve conflict. And yep. how do we practice that? By getting into conflict. Mm. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, we, it, they're just learning just like we are. Yeah. And that's why the best thing you can do is learn yourself because you will start to automatically give those gifts of wisdom like you just did. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I think a, a good question to maybe finish on would be um, what would you say to a parent who is feeling right now like a failure as a parent? Well, do you know the word fail means first attempt in learning? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so there is no failure. You know, failure is when you when you stop and you give up. 
but we get up each day and we try again. It's just that what we've done is we've got ourselves into a cycle of trying again and then getting into default responses because you've practiced it and you've practiced thinking, feeling and and behaving in certain ways and it's now become a habit. And 95% of your, you know, thoughts, feelings and actions are habitual. You know, only 5% is from the conscious part. So what I would probably say to um, a parent is to just step back for a minute and just start and just learn how to look at your own emotions first because everything else will take care of itself once you're coming from, you know, internal space of well-being. You know, when you're coming from love, when you're coming from a heart centre, but you can't pour from a cup that's empty, you know, and so we keep trying to give externally to our kids and do everything for them and be everything for them. But we're missing the key ingredient here, which is where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the time we're trying to control our children and have them behave, you know, being our external environment so that we can feel good. And it's absolutely the other way around. Feel mm-hmm. good first and your external environment will completely change. Yeah. You know, so that's what I would say to a parent. Change your internal environment and you will be amazed as you watch your external one change too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So what's coming up for you and the Parental Stress Center? Okay, so we we periodically run live programs, but our our biggest um program that we have is is probably our memberships, which gives you access to everything. Because cool. we've talked about a lot of elements today being, you know, obviously our own emotions. Um, we've talked about a little bit about child behavior, the family values, how to help our children to learn to become and emotionally regulate ourselves. Mm-hmm. We touch just a fraction on, you know, men and women and, and even just we haven't touched on it but relationships like marital relationships and how we're all integrating together. So we have about 14 parenting programs now and half of them are on you and your emotions and the other half are on the child and their emotions and working together and integrating them because we're always talking about those two topics when we're talking about a family. Mm -hmm. So we actually have membership programs that give you lifetime access to all of that information. We have an online Facebook group where um, myself and another counsellor of mine are on it seven days a week. You can be asking questions at any time. Um, We also have a platinum program that allows you to incorporate that lifetime gold membership with one-on-one counselling as well. So, um, and access to any live programs and we create new programs every three months. So that's why we're up to 14 and we're going to keep keep going every three months with new programs. Um, so that's probably the best way to get access to everything because it really isn't just do one program and you're fixed. You know, as we know, it's an ongoing process. Um, we've just started our 28-day Tame Your Temper Parenting Challenge, which is a single program. That would be part of your membership if you it but you can purchase that one separately and we have a brand new program called awakening the peaceful parent within that's starting shortly um and this brand new program is taking a lot of brain and heart science new information giving you practical tools on how you can come from that heart center and it's all about you it's not about you know changing your child's behavior it is about being that change that you're wanting to see in your children and you know becoming it embodying it using it bringing up feelings of love joy and appreciation on demand not just when life's going to plan mm-hmm. so we're moving in this direction i'm constantly researching and studying and applying new technology and new new technology new um 
you know, systems and information to help parents to just get faster and better at, you know, being a great role model for our kids and being able to help them through the challenges of growing up, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, look, I resonate very deeply with so much of what you've said today. You're a, you're a junkie for personal development, <laughs> just like me. <laughs> and just for the record, I am now a qualified counsellor. I wasn't before when I started this, but I am yeah. now. So I've gone and done the actual studies as well. So mm-hmm. not just a personal personal development junkie, but also a professional personal development junkie too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I understand. And look, that's something that I'm looking at myself is for people to take me seriously running these courses and workshops and same thing, like I'm I'm so passionate these days about developing myself as a parent and, and everything I learn, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to share that, you know, yeah, so... Yeah. But so so much of it is is coming from that place of integrity. So it's actually living it in your own life first. Absolutely, so, absolutely. And you yeah. can't teach what you haven't learned yourself, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's awesome. Yeah. All right, Jackie Hall. Thank you very much for joining us on the show today. No problem. Thanks for having me. If you love what you heard and you'd like to support the show, please go to www.patreon.com slash superdadsonline. If you are a dad and you are not part of our closed Facebook group yet where we continue these deep conversations, go across to Facebook and search for Super Dads Online. You'll hear me on the next episode of the Super Dads Show with our next guest. Thanks for listening.